Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you 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 must be so excited. Listen now. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. This is a podcast from The Bugle. See spot. See spot run. Run spot run and don't stop. Don't stop spot. They're behind you. Run spot. Never look back. Start a new life spot. Don't try to contact your old friends. You're only putting them in danger. Never relax your vigilance spot. Your new wife will call you paranoid spot. Don't tell her why. Don't give us your contact number spot. Anyone can be made to give up information with the right incentives. If you want information from us spot, you know what to do. Once a week, go to the spot spot and tune in to the gargle. For all of the news, none of the politics, the sonic, glossy magazine to the Bugle's audio newspaper for a visual world, this is The Gargle. I am your host, Alice Fraser, and your guest editors for this edition of the magazine are John McRoberts and Alison Spittle. Welcome. Hello. Hey, what what did Spot do? I mean, you have to buy the next book in the series to find out. (laughs) We'll go into a flashback. It's an achronological series. Um, Before we uh, sit down in a circle and start to read the storybook that is this week's stories... Let's have a look at the front cover of the magazine. This week, the front cover is famous tennisists Emma Raducanu and Andy Murray posing sportily in front of a stylized umpire's tower. The quote says, I'm ready to hit some balls with this fishnet stocking paddle thing! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Tennis fans? Anyone? Uh, I like the sound. I, quite, I, 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 always, I always enjoy it when I watch it. It's more or less the only sport I can really get on board with because something always happens that's true actually that's true i quite like bowls for the reason of like they seem like they they're friends with each other maybe husband and wife or you know like i feel with tennis they're more rivals than lovers and i think (laughs) is this just because of the sort of uh... location in like in terms of each other so because they're side by side in bowls it seems yeah. like oh well they mustn't like oh like they're getting on but you can't play tennis that way because there's nobody to return it what about That's doubles true. what about doubles yep. do you feel like doubles are more likely to be friends or do you think doubles are more likely to be frenemies Alison? frenemies because they because they're they're always in two different boxes to each other they never really touch each other you know in bowls you get moments of tenderness it's quite nice <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe I am reading too much into it. Maybe no, yeah, absolutely not. And I cannot wait for the hand-holding league of bowls. Actually, there's something quite tender about the the bowls themselves because the aim is to like get it as lightly, like as close as possible. So you want a light touch. You don't want to whack yeah. the ball out the way with the other one in your throat. Yeah, it's a very intimate game, bowls. Yeah, it's it's about it's about precision and accuracy mm. and like properly reading the signals of the ball, not just giving it to them as hard as you can. Yeah. You, you want like ten pin bowling. Ten pin bowling is the is the the rough sex of sports. Oh yeah, they really rail it into you, don't they? With ten pin yeah. bowling, what's a gutter ball? Oh look, if you don't know, I I, I can't. Actually, <laughs> bowling, bowling is the it, most yeah. roughest sex of all. The, like, there's three holes in the bowl, do you know? <laughs> the satirical cartoon this week is a woman having a cup of tea with a male friend. And uh, he's saying, on the bright side, if women become property again, maybe the police will protect them. Uh... The one spot I get to wedge some politics into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look at crypto news or crypto news, if you would like, Snoop Dogg. Well, is it Snoop Dogg? Is a fake Snoop Dogg has fooled an NFT conference, which I feel is a beautiful irony. The right-clicked Snoop Dogg has fooled an NFT conference. Uh, John Luke, I know you're heavily into crypto. Um, Can you unpack this story? Yes, I'd like to try and describe the story in order of things people could be aware at. So basically, the oldest people will be dropped from understanding first. Or the, so, in New York, <laughs> in New York, a Snoop Dogg impersonator appeared at a crypto conference hired by a startup involved in NFTs. <laughs> So I've done you right. Anyone who's still on at the end, good. Then you you first got you whole. lost the Dutch, and then it was down <laughs> there. They hired an impersonator called Doop Snog, which I do think is a good name for a, a, a Snoop Dogg impersonator. It's simple. It's to the point. You know who you're getting, and you know who you aren't. Um, they although I did the first thing he had to do was stick on a fake moustache, and I feel like you're not really very committed to the role of an impersonator of Snoop Dogg if you haven't just grown that and kept it generally he's presumably also operating as an impersonator of various other celebrities um they, yeah they did it because apparently there's a lot of competition it's hard to get anyone to notice your crypto startup and your nft startup so you want to pretend you've got Snoop Dogg they originally um wanted to get a Justin Bieber lookalike but presumably Bustin Jeeber wasn't available so <laughs> they went for Duke Snog instead because apparently he's genuinely very interested in crypto and NFTs and the rest of it and I do think like well so they've taken someone you've taken a person and they pretended he has a certain value in this case it's the value of celebrity which he does not in fact have and the only value is that ascribed to him by people deciding he has that value. And as soon as he's discovered not to be the value that he was meant to be, the value drops entirely. Um, and I'm unfortunately, there's no way of using that to make some kind of metaphor about NFTs themselves. But if there was, it would be great. Wouldn't it just be great? Not just that, but also if you ever believed that he had value when you realised that he didn't, you feel like a twit. Mm. Alison, are you a, are you a crypto maniac? 
Uh, for this for this story, I am. There's so many wonderful. This is a great story because there's like so many wonderful little details within the story. Number one, uh, the person that impersonated Snoop Dogg refused to be named, so he <laughs> called himself CP, which I think is beautiful. And also, like uh, within the, imagine that. Imagine knowing that this project is that bad that you'll never name yourself, even though you're an aspiring actor or whatever. Also, they stuffed paper into his shoes while not knowing if he was too tall or too short for the role of Snoop Dogg. <laughs> so I just want to know why they stuffed paper into his shoes. Does he just like the feeling? Is that... <laughs> just because we all know Snoop Dogg's characteristic limb. Yeah, yeah. Of <laughs> having paper in his shoes. And uh, Eric Finch, who's a real Snoop Dogg impersonator, uh, was <laughs> a legit... A legit Snoop Dogg impersonator. Wait, are you saying this guy was an off-label Snoop Dogg impersonator? I'm saying that CP was that off-label that he couldn't even call himself a proper Snoop Dogg impersonator because the real Snoop Dogg impersonator, Eric Finch, who makes a living off uh, pretending that he's Snoop Dogg, said that he was offered the role of this but refused it because he didn't want to lie to people to imply that he was Snoop Dogg, which I think... It shows a lot of ethics in the world of uh, celebrity impersonation that he didn't want to mis- mislead anybody. I mean, first of all, Snoop Dogg spends his whole life pretending to be Snoop Dogg. That is the job of Snoop Dogg. His real name is Calvin Broadus and he dresses up as Snoop Dogg and does Snoop Dogg things. Yeah. Secondly, he is uh, reputedly so off his face high all of the time that you could go to an NFT conference pretending to be him and he could see photographs of himself at that conference and assume that he'd just forgotten. <laughs> the real the real Snoop Dogg as well is into cryptocurrency himself. Like he has already tried to it says tried to put on the market virtual cannabis products, right? Which is something that I'm very familiar with. When I was 14, I tried to buy <laughs> cannabis off someone and it's as known as oregano. So I've been like very into the virtual cannabis products for a long time. As in, I'm too, I'm, I'm too, I'm too green and people lie to me when they try and sell me drugs. So I, I know uh, about cannabis NFTs. I mean, virtual cannabis products are the kind of things that you could only think of when you are high as a potential product. I always thought, mm. and I realized this would be you know, ethically problematic and I would never actually do it, but I, would, I always thought I would just set up a stall somewhere outside Splendor in the Grass because you have to walk from the main town to, to the, the venue of Splendor in the Grass as a festival. Mm. And I would just set up a stall and sell brownies, completely legitimate, normal brownies for $15 each. <gasps> Oh. And just have big signs up saying 100%, nothing added, just normal brownies, here's the recipe, nothing sus, that they'd be sold for $15. That is clever. I'd buy it. Yeah, yeah, you would, wouldn't <laughs> you? Would. There'd be a whole lot of 15-year-olds just being like, yeah, man, can you feel it? It's a, <laughs> it's a harmless high. I'm questioning why crypto and NFT, all these like obsessed with virtual things, and mon- why do they... Why are they so excited to turn up to an in-person conference? Isn't that against everything they believe in? <laughs> they might so as well. Like, are they going to go, oh, you know what? Let's make these Bitcoin. Let, let's get this cryptocurrency. What if we made it like a physical object? That would be good, <laughs> wouldn't it? Oh, that's the next step. You want to feel the real physics of a, of a, a real-life rug pull when the person who you've just invested your life savings with uh, runs away with all your money. You'd like to look them in the eyes. I feel like there's something more pleasantly personal about that. <laughs> 
Look them in the eyes, not look them in the iPhones. Uh, yeah, when you look like you're looking someone in the eyes, ironically, you are actually just looking directly at the camera And it, nowadays if you're talking to someone across a screen. Yeah, but in person, when you look like you're looking someone in their eyes, you're, you're actually looking them in their nose or one eye. You can't do both eyes at once. <laughs> <laughs> that depends if you're a predator or a prey animal. Let's not get into this. <laughs> Your ad section now, because you can't be what you can't buy. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Hedge Find Hedge Fund, the ultimate hedge fund, burying things under the nearest hedge. Entomb your gold and silver coins in clay and bury them for future generations to find as treasure. Money's imaginary, but a treasure is forever. Modern hedge funds juggle imaginary products made of future debts and a toxic heady mix of projected value and past regrets. Why not instead bury actual gold under an actual hedge? If it was good enough for the Vikings, it's good enough for you. Hedge find hedge fund. Invest with us today. And this episode of the podcast is brought to you by The Drinking Straw. Whether it's turtle-hating plastic, classy glass, disappointing paper, or pretentious bamboo, choose a drinking straw today. It'll preserve your teeth from acidic beverages, save someone being able to steal your lipstick mark on a wine glass in an action movie, (laughs) and best of all, the closest you as a human will ever get to feeling like a mosquito, unless you're really, really, really annoying. The Drinking Straw, for when you want to drink at a slight distance. And accessorise your drinking straw by showing it in action. Supply yourself with half a glass of water. You slurp the lady's swoon. (laughs) And I have basically finished judging the Dancy Lagarde Literary Tributes competition. The results will come out this weekend on my Patreon, patreon.com slash Fraser, if you want to go check out the winners. And they will be announced on this podcast next week. Um, This is, yes, a transparent way to lure you into coming onto my Patreon. Though you do not have to subscribe to find out the results. You just have to go and click on it, and then I assume I'll lure you in with other wiles. But that's the Dancy Lagarde Literary Tribute Competition. I, just to drop out of my kind of uh, sassy character for a second, I have just been so f***ing delighted by the submissions. There's been so many. There have been about 50 submissions. And, and just the fact that people are willing to go out of their way to write something, to participate in a dumb joke that I made, has just brought me so much joy. And they're, they're really good. They're depressingly good. Some of them are really good. All of them are a bit funny. Some of them are incredibly funny. Some of them are funny and well-written, which I think is rude. And so even the ones that are, like, a little bit struggly, there's a few, like, banger lines in there. So expect some more Dancy Lagarde content coming out and possibly a book. 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now it's time for the Vert News. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Vert News. Uh, Ohio State University has trademarked the, which they use to describe themselves. They describe themselves as the Ohio University, or as I imagine they're in America, the 
Alison Spittle, you've said that before. Can you unpack this story for us? Yeah, so this comes from Columbus, Ohio. The U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has approved the university's request, right, uh, to trademark the word the, because apparently they use it in their chants a lot and they want to use it on T-shirts, baseball caps and hats. But also there's been another company that have uh, asked for the trademark as well, which is uh, Mark Jacobs. Uh, for their handbag <laughs> I know I, I rag on NFTs but let's rag on like literal stuff as well like some of that is so <laughs> shit <laughs> like, um, so yeah apparently they're going to make over 12.5 million a year in revenue and it helps st- uh, fund student scholarships and university programs so but I don't like I'm, I went to college behind a, a Tesco's there was no uh, merchandising for Bally Firm at College of Further Education uh, there was no student union so like f- for for universities to use merchandise it makes me feel like they think they're Hogwarts or something <laughs> actually whenever I see someone with university jumpers I do think that they're like Slytherin or something like uh, like different universities like that well I'd like to say the audacity but of course I'm not allowed to say the first part <laughs> of that, uh, that sentence I'm looking forward to them being sued by the Times Higher Education Supplement who, uh, of course, already have those letters in that order. Or the Bible. Or the Bible, yeah. Was it originally called the Bible, or did we add that? I guess. <laughs> Has it ever just been known as Bible? <laughs> they say it's a rallying cry at the university, like sports games. I don't know how that works. That, so they the, shout the, out, the, 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 the. Like, and the other team are there going, Anne! And then the other one's just going, hey! All the articles out there as the different, um, well done, US patent and uh, and trademark board. You've You've really... I guess actually there's just they must be running out of words to trademark and so we're down to the it'll probably to be like punctuation a. next and, uh. yeah semicolons. oh yeah I'd love to trademark the ampersand because it just looks nice I would put you know? money that a company has trademarked the ampersand you'd have to trademark a specific ampersand and ampersands are just ah, sort of an expressive squiggle so maybe there are some that are already off limits hmm. Maybe the serif one's been taken, but sans serif ampersand still up for grabs. Oh, what about webdings? Or is that still... Is that... <laughs> webdings is free to all. <laughs> and that's all the time we have for our The That News, because now it is time for your reviews. As you know, each week we ask our guest editors to bring in something to review out of five stars. John McRoberts, what have you brought in for us this week? I would this week like to review um, Keeping Your Opinion to Yourself. I think keeping your opinion to yourself is... A really good thing to do. I think it's dignified. <laughs> I give keeping your opinion to yourself five stars out of five. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> Alison Spittle, what have you brought in for us? Uh, I've brought in being eaten by mosquitoes. At first, annoying, but after a while, it's just nice to feel wanted. Uh, and I'm um, giving it four out of five, you know, for, for inconvenience, but also making me feel tasty. The mosquitoes they, they they like me a lot i'm quite popular amongst mosquitoes and i feel like i feel like i'm one of those chickens you know <laughs> um, <laughs> tell me how you like one of those chickens you know you know when there's chickens that are dead and jamie oliver puts a lemon in its orifice or something <laughs> like <laughs> all those chickens yeah i mean i feel like that one but you know <laughs> I'm doing it with like fish fillets or whatever I like to eat. Yeah. Um, oh, 
I see you're seasoning yourself for the mosquitoes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I, I. It's a similar thing. If I'm eating spicy food, um, and I think, oh well, this must make for more delicious breast milk for my baby. Do you? They see that? Yeah. You're like your your baby. You're giving your baby like the medium on the Nando's of breast milk. You know, <laughs> a bit of lemon and herb. You could change it up. Do you ever feel like you're like a a dispenser in some way? Yes. That's so cool. <laughs> it's actually remarkably satisfying because you think, well, there's nothing morally wrong with what I'm doing right now. Feeding a baby. Maybe what I'm doing to the mosquitoes is the same as breastfeeding. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're not my they're not my babies by blood. Well, they are by blood, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe I should look at it as not parasites, but my children. <laughs> <laughs> Alison, I'm really sorry. I've killed quite a few of your children over the years. Oh, no! I, uh, <laughs> taking sprays and stuff. I'm so sorry. Now it's time for your technology news. And in terrifying technology news, Amazon's Alexa is suggesting that it will soon offer the option of using your family's voice as its voice. John Luke, you've done a show talking about your dead dad. Can you unpack this story? Yes. So Amazon... Uh, and thank you for reminding me about my <laughs> poor father. Um, Amazon have they're working on an ability to get Alexa to with if you give it a minute of recording of somebody, it will then be able to do anything in that person's voice. Um, so you will be able to get your dead grandmother to read a bedtime story to your child. Although weirdly, the article uses the word mimic the voice, which to me makes it sound like it's sort of mocking, you know, like, oh, hello, I'm your grandmother. Oh, look at me speaking to you. But um, I can see that, as you say, my dad, I, we, I, can, I would use it to get my dad to apologise for his behaviour. <laughs> Finally get some closure on that front. So I can see an upside, but there's obviously privacy issues. Um, do, do people have to sign something before they die saying yes I am happy to be impersonated saying whatever you want through um, th through this this strange spy computer hidden in a speaker in everybody's house. I am painfully aware that there is definitely more than a minute of my voice floating out there in the atmosphere and so people could do a very accurate voice print of me I could be the voice mm. of your Alexa. To be fair they could they could do that already just by sort of cutting and pasting <laughs> clips of you from various different... You could construct probably Moby Dick from that. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's like one of those horrible um, papier-mâché dolls that's made of, like, somebody's skin and skeleton, but just my voice. <laughs> yes, like that, Alice. <laughs> Have you never seen any of those stories about someone who's, like, in love with someone and then they die and they keep their body, like, keep replacing bits of their body with, like, twigs and stuff? Oh Jesus Christ! I, I can say I have not. I've not. Oh, I'm not you should aware. look it up. It's great. I'm not going to. No, thank you. <laughs> Alison, whose Alexa voice would you have? Well, I was thinking about this. Like the, the father does come to mind straight away, but I don't know how Alexa is going to be able to mimic a thumbs up emoji uh, because <laughs> that's all I get from my dad. <laughs> You can say anything to him, and it's the thumbs up comes back to it. It just feels so strange. Like, uh, uh, they, 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 they get people. Like when they were given an example of what they would do, they were getting grandmothers to read uh, to their grandchildren, and it just feels to me like grandmothers once again 
are being kind of taken for granted that they're doing like labor minding a child why not you know have a drink with the with their daughter and talk about their life why does it have to be that she's like looking after the kid like it just feels to me like sexism comes through once again even when we we have technology that can mimic the dead we still have the weird uh emotional labor uh uh the, the what do they call it emotional labor kind of things that comes with uh grand grand grandkids and grandchildren yeah does that count as politics borderline <laughs> <laughs> this is the problem with being a woman the personal is political oh it's impossible that's all the time we have for horrifying revenant voice news because now it's time for your flying hotel that never lands news no it's not the new peter pan sequel uh alison spittle you'd love to live in a flying hotel that never lands can you unpack this story for us oh this dude this dude uh so so they've called it the sky cruise right and it would have 20 engines powered by nuclear fusion and it would never need to land on earth right and it's so jesus I know. I'm. I'm like, what's gonna happen on Earth? And they're like, you won't have to land ever. Like, I think they know something we don't. You know, it's a nuclear-powered flying hotel in the sky. First of all, I've done a 24-hour flight from Australia to the UK, and the idea of spending any more time voluntarily on a plane is a nightmare to me. And the only way that you could make a plane flight less pleasant is by contemplating the fact that there's a nuclear reactor on board with you. It feels very like a modern version of the Titanic, mm-hmm. where it's like this is literally too big to fail. They've got many nuclear fission uh, uh, engines on it. They also they asked the man who invented this like, um, uh, "What about pilots?" And he's like, "What? What do you mean? What about pilots? We're not gonna have pilots on this. It's gonna be AI." And I'm thinking like, this is just uh, a disaster waiting to happen. So uh, yeah, um, this guy he's got he's got all the plans. It looks pretty cool, but you're also gonna have to fly up there, which seems I don't I don't know what problem this is solving in any way. <laughs> Nobody has gone. I love going on holidays, but the best <laughs> bit is to travel, and I don't want to actually go anywhere. <laughs> like, so I don't I don't like it's it's a it's a nice thing that he's invented, but I don't know who it's for. I think that the problem it's solving is um, what we're going to use as the plot for Airplane 3. Yes! <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. Just to see like some so two people rail each other in a in a Tesla car in one of the, you know, and a hand going up against the... Yeah. Well, there wouldn't be any steamy windscreens, would there? Because technology would have uh, gotten rid of condensation. So well, you unless fully... they virtually create the condensation to give more of the an atmosphere to it. That would be, I mean, I feel like Elon Musk would get that, like, done, you know? (laughs) So in this mock-up video where they show this walkthrough of the projected plan for this aeroplane, they suggest that this would make the perfect wedding venue. And as someone who grew up on Sydney Harbour and has therefore been to parties on boats, can I just say this is a terrible idea because, again, there is nothing worse than a party that you can't leave. I would sometimes go to those parties on my kayak so I could just f*** off halfway through. (laughs) Oh, I'd love to have a row with you just to see you kayak away in anger. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> my, my general approach to parties is wait till people are so drunk that they won't notice you're gone and then leave immediately. <laughs> and then pretend you were there. It feels like the ultimate shit destination wedding. Like, there is no good bits about this at all. Well, there's well, no there's there, no is there? No, it's, it's no. all... 
<laughs> it's all God. It's all journey. It's like a metaphor for like you never get you never get where you want to be going. You're always in transit. There's no there there. God, the amount of crises we'd have on top of that machine. I'm glad there's nuclear fission. I think like someone would like just break up the whole plane just because of the feeling of like it never ends. And he's like, well, let's make an end for everybody. If you do have a chance to look at the picture of this mock-up, it just looks like someone got a Lego plane and then just kept adding more plane. Yeah. <laughs> the weird thing is the guy make, making it announced that he was also um, putting loads of um, levitating icebergs into the atmosphere. I don't know what, know what that was about, but that did raise an eyebrow for me, I think. Actually, interestingly, if they can't get nuclear power to work, this thing will be flown on the power of raised eyebrows. Wow. It's, it's mad they're using like nuclear power to power this plane when the Titanic had coal and the Irish were kept down the bottom near the actual engines itself. What if they do it again with Titanic rules and the Irish are just left near the nuclear reactor and we just form into something else, like something more Irish than Irish can be? Uh, just absolute puffs of guilt, like just floating around the atmosphere. I don't mean to, but this, it's gone political again, I think. Sorry! <laughs> That's all the time we have for this episode of The Gargle. Uh, we are flipping through the ad section at the back. Alison Spittle, what have you got to plug? Oh, I am plugging myself, baby. Uh, so my show, Wet, is coming out to the fringe. Come see it. The Saturdays are selling. Uh, I'm not saying well, but I'm saying they're selling. So come along to it. It's going to be great crack at uh, 4.45 every day. It was a show about acrobics, but now it's um, about hand jobs and other stuff. So the name still stands. And uh, I'm going to be playing on the 5th of November in Dublin. And uh, come along to it. Come come to my Instagram. That's where I show you where my dates are. And uh, yeah, I hope that made sense. John Luke, what have you got to plug? Well, I'd, having seen an early preview of Alison's show, I would, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd recommend it uh, oh. as well. Uh, it was very good. Um, and I'm glad to hear there's more handjob material in it because there was, there was. I always need at least half an hour of, of handjob material in a, in a B- comedy show. Before. Like <laughs> got what I was coming for. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean that emphasis, but it definitely came out. Um, I, I'm going to plug my... <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd also like to plug... Plup. I'd like to plup my show. Um, John Luke Roberts, a world just like our own, but dot, 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 um, which I'm taking to the Edinburgh Fringe this year, and I'm at 3.35 every day. Um, at the monkey barrel from the beginning to the end of the month bar two in the middle come and see that show please it's good and has a very exciting piece of set and uh, I will be in Leeds at the Hi-Fi doing a spot uh, this weekend I think I might be emceeing or I might just be doing a spot if you're in Leeds on the 2nd of July I will be there and on Monday night I will be in Bath doing a preview of Kronos at the Comedia in Bath uh, I have other gigs coming up, but look them up on Twitter at alliterative, A-L-I-T-E-R-A-T-I-V-E, or Instagram. I don't put gigs up on Instagram. Patreon.com slash Alice Fraser. It's a one-stop shop for my stand-up specials, podcasts, blogs, as well as my weekly Tea with Alice salons, which is where we talk. This week we have to thank Kyle for the fake Snoop Dogg story, James VT and Deganta Das for the The Trademark story, and VB for Alexa Voices of Dead Relatives story. If you think you have a funny story, tweet us at HelloGarglers. This is a Bugle podcast and Alice Fraser production. Your executive producer is Chris Skinner. Your editor is Ped Hunter. I'll talk to you again next week. 
You can listen to other programmes from The Bugle, including The Bugle, The Last Post, Tiny Revolutions and The Gargle, wherever you find your podcasts.